So the beginning of the sermon today, the sermon today is written by the Reverend Peggy Clark of the Community Unitarian Universalist Church in New York City, board chair of the UUs for Social Justice. She begins with a perspective of her own. TikTok may say that men think about the Roman Empire daily. Have you heard of this? There's this thing on TikTok. Men think about the Roman Empire daily. But it's the American empire that has my attention. Mirroring the innocence of the mid and late 20th century, I grew up believing that the United States is the best nation that ever existed. And that opinion came from my white immigrant family, grateful largely for the opportunity and freedom of economic prosperity. But over time, democracy has begun to fade. And whether or not children are told this is the best nation in the history of nations doesn't alter our current downward trajectory. As much as we'd like to say we've been a democracy since 1776, or maybe from the ratification of the Constitution in 1788, We've mostly been a democracy in progress until the full realization of our potential came with the passing of the Civil Rights Act in 1965. With the codification of inclusion at the ballot box, the United States became worthy of the admiration of democracies, both realized and struggling around the world. Our system of government standing on a strong foundation of law, had the full support of our nation's people and our institutions, creating what we thought was an unbreakable network, ensuring equal access to our founding promise of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. But as we approach the 60th anniversary of that peak moment, most Americans are aware that our democracy is on a downward slide. There are many key markers that support this suspicion, including our decline in the polity index that moved us below the threshold of full democracy in recent years. And our President Joe Biden warned us just a few weeks ago that democracy is at risk and that the threat to our institutions and our constitution is serious, noting extremism and increasingly disturbing threats of violence against our leaders. But we don't really need a scholar or even the president to tell us what we can see and hear for ourselves. The words chaos and dysfunction and infighting have become common in our national headlines as our government grinds to a halt over and over again, and it's happening right now. Strong, healthy democracies require what we call civil society. Civil society consists of all the voluntary organizations where people gather autonomous from the state. These groups might have some state support, funding, or interaction, but they are independent of state controls and have their own agendas and goals. 
They are concerned with public ends, but they aren't seeking state power. They exist for many reasons, but one is to influence law and culture and the ways we live together. They are part of a larger piece of our community living and valuing pluralism, valuing inclusion, and a wide range of life experience and thought. And the organizations that populate civil society include educators, we love great educators, right, who advocate for curriculum development to train the next generation of thinkers and leaders. They are climate activists who push against corporate interests and librarians, let's give it up for the librarians, right? Yes! Who ensure access to a diversity of ideas and workers who leverage their collective power to ensure fair wages and protections. Civil society includes museums, oh baby, the museums, to preserve our history that celebrate creativity. Dance companies that honor and rejoice in self-expression and storytelling. Community theaters, oh, we love the community theaters here, right? Where new philosophies are given live language with an audience. Cults, cults are part of civil society because they want to separate people from the mainstream. And as much as a yoga group is a good thing, they generally don't qualify in this kind of category because they're not influencing public life. But churches, congregations, religious institutions, on the other hand, they do belong in this category. So do all of our Unitarian Universalist organizations, such as Ministry for the Earth, our state social action networks, um, including uh, Unitarian Universalist uh, Network in Illinois, um, and the Universalist for Social Justice that are, they are our UU voice on the hill in Washington, D.C. All of these institutions are part of the fabric of civil society, without which we don't have an authentic democracy. Scholars tell us that democracies don't collapse because of a single influential person. They collapse because the people who, well, frankly, should know better, align themselves with stronger, more dangerous personalities. They themselves aren't fascists, communists, or extremists, but they're just rather weakly committed to democracy and ultimately want to go for what they're in it for, um, who say what they need or think to keep power. Civil society is one of the major levers that keeps those folks in check. And groups that are themselves run democratically, giving everyone the experience of having a voice and a vote with deep membership rosters and concerned, engaged citizens, or public forums for open discussion, those become counterbalancing to self-serving individuals. These organizations create occasions for influence and can reward opportunists with popularity or power without requiring them to compromise their commitment to democratic systems. 
those who might be tempted, can be bolstered by a healthier system. They can also, these, these groups, can create and engage systems of social accountability to keep folks in check. Totalitarian nations have no civil society. Remember earlier this month I talked about fascism. This is a follow-on. The more civil society in a country, the more democratic it can be. There are very few fully totalitarian nations in this time, but we can see systems of government increase as the civil society decreases. North Korea is completely totalitarian with no visible counter to the current government. China used to be more complete, but civil society has been growing there. When a nation such as Russia want to increase governmental control, they shut down parts of civil society, as does every autocrat seeking to consolidate their power. Voluntary organizations are a crucial part of any healthy, transparent, and legitimate democratic system. We can determine the vitality of a democracy by the integration of these groups in the fabric of a nation. So faith-based, here's where it's kind of fun, faith-based organizations are historically some of the most difficult to terminate because they are often seen as the moral centers of the community. We are very hard to kill. Yes, that's a strength, right? Shutting down faith communities forces the government to admit a lack of concern with morality, an act most citizens find alarming, even still today. Indeed, many authoritarian regimes work to befriend religious institutions, which is always an interesting conversation, right? They seek to align with religious power centers and with their own. And we can see this happening in the United States with evangelical churches who have become supporters of some of the most dangerous factions in our current system. So this makes, this makes our own position as a liberal religious institution all the more necessary in our current political climate. We are needed. And we continue to have moral authority to counter the current trajectory and can stand against the wave of conservative religious alignment with radical right-wing political movements. Our existence, our internal health, and our strength is a movement. It's part of our what can be turning the tide in our the democratic legitimacy in this country. It is our witness to pluralism and the embrace of science as a source of truth, our own democratic structures, our collective voice for choice, for education, for inclusion, and our training of new people to be leaders demonstrate that the need of our witness and centrality of our voice as part of civil society right now, right now at this moment, we are doing it and we are needed and it's, we are here. But we're doing this in a moment that's, gosh, you know, every moment feels like it's the most, most difficult in history, but I'm going to say this is hard. 
This one is hard because we are in a moment when religion is in such a deep and steep decline in American culture. Across the country, our Unitarian Universalist congregations have seen such a dramatic reduction in membership. We've lost 18,000 children from our religious education programs in the last decade. We've lost 100,000 members in the last 50. In 2020, the average size of a UU congregation was half the size of 20 years earlier. And we're not alone. Like, we're not alone in these kind of numbers. In fact, we've actually been not as bad as some. And because so many denominations are in something of a free fall, as religious influence declines in national influence, but as that influence declines, so does American democracy. And these things aren't unrelated. Just as people are turning away from institutional religion, the demons of authoritarianism are gaining ground. We usually don't talk about demons, but we can name this one here, yeah. When moral centers lose influence and can no longer claim to be our collective conscience, it's easier for alternatives to take root. And our voices get weaker and are harder to hear. And we're afraid for our friends and our families and for ourselves. But I will also offer that we are still here. There are close to 200,000 people in our Unitary Universalist congregations. About a million people, in, based on latest surveys, still claim Unitarian Universalism. That's a fascinating number. Whether or not they're in our churches, people still claim to be from this place. We've not given up our place at the table or moral authority. Even if the tide of totalitarianism is aiming to wash over all of us. And this is shown, at the very least, by our desire to have conversations about democracy. Part of what motivated me to to say yes to this service, these materials today, is because of what the book group, uh, one of the book groups was studying earlier this fall. and said, we need to have a conversation about democracy. And we are just starting that in this moment. And many other Unitarian Universalist congregations across the country are making use of this particular resource, as we are. And we'll bring that into their congregations over the course of this fall. We are inter interdependent, interconnected, and committing to holding up our share, to doing our part in support of liberal values. Part of what happens when we feel the impact of decline, we feel the impact of systems that would be that would take power away, that would be more totalitarian in practice and in spirit is how isolating that can be. But I want to say, we are not alone. None of us are. Power Sunday comes from Unitarian Universalists for Social Justice. It was founded originally as a circle of Unitarian Universalist congregations in the Washington, D.C. area. They wanted to leverage their geographic influence to influence the federal conversation. 
And about two years ago, the UUs for Social Justice broke out of that model and opened up to folks from around the country to become an add to our collective voice. Not just those who are geographically close to DC, but everybody can add to that voice. And the social justice group is small, no full-time staff, like so many of our universalist congregations and groups doing good work. But, but, as we have in so many other moments, we have an outsized influence in federal policy conversations. We are, as, we've, as I've heard people say, my entire life in growing up in Unitarian Universalism, we are disproportionately influential. We keep showing up and we keep being loud, even though in many ways there's not that many numbers among us. So this service is designed to help people remember and, and not be afraid to say, yeah, this is a hard moment but also remember that we are connected and not alone, that we have this potential as a faith community, as any one congregation, as all the congregations, to work on our national conversations, to help our institutions, to be part of civil society. And we're in need of support in this moment when democracy feels a little fragile. So, in the future, this is the first of such Sundays. In the future, there'll be more opportunities for advocacy, more moments when we can act up. Scholars might tell us that American democracy is deconsolidating. Deconsolidating. But it is far from collapse. And even though there are significant challenges, enormous challenges, daunting challenges, the system is holding. Unitarian Universalists can step into moral authority in partnership with each other and other liberal members of our civil society, other partners in our civil society, still just simply in Peoria, and then go out from here. And through our connections with each other, we'll be building our collective power with the social justice folks we're working on the Hill as a partner with other denominations, as a partner with other faith communities, faith coalitions, to hold back that tide of authoritarianism. We play a key role in keeping this democracy strong. So we are today amongst many congregations raising our shared consciousness, holding up our critical place in the democratic fabric of the nation, and tuning our collective voice, reminding Unitarian Universalists that we are necessary and that we are not alone. And in this delicate and difficult moment in American history, we are indeed powerful. We can indeed make a difference. Amen.